When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura, who needed that little pick-me-up there. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam. We are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing good. Um, very excited to talk some baseball today. Um, big day or big weekend in sports we've got the breeders cup for you horse racing fans which i will certainly be turning in tuning into both today and tomorrow we have tennessee versus georgia in college football tomorrow lsu versus alabama um yeah and it's not every day that you see one two big ones tomorrow yukon no that's tonight that's where i'm headed right after this Who, who who am i forgetting lj well, you're forgetting one I'm a little less expecting you to get. The other one, I'm a little disappointed here. Um, we got LAFC Philly. The Philly Renaissance is continuing here, four o'clock on Fox at the MLS Cup final. And then you got the World Series, Brandon, game six. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, was, I was getting to that. Um, you know, it's not every day that you see the number one team in a sport be more than a touchdown underdog but that's college football for you and where there's no logic in anything that exists within the confines of the sport so what did you make of the first playoff vote it's so dumb how can the number one team in the country be more than a touchdown underdog it 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 makes no sense 
Well, I think that's more a um it's college football of, daily. Yes, it's college football daily now. I think that's less a matter of the rankings being wrong, more a matter of just again, that's a fucked up line. No. Georgia is going to win by 20 tomorrow. No way. This is a close game. You need to get you are clearly not bought in on the hookah. On the hand and hooker. The hand and hookah. The, um, no, but... honestly, look, I think when you look at Tennessee, I don't think there's much difference between the two programs. Um, This is very much a winnable game for Tennessee. I do stand by that. Do I think Georgia should have gotten the benefit of the doubt as being the one that was there before and stayed at number one? Yes, I do. They haven't done anything wrong. Like they, I don't know. No, what. but neither, neither has Tennessee. Tennessee has given you nothing to necessarily say they shouldn't be a number one either. No, but ultimately, I think they should be number two. The thing I have a problem with here is Ohio State. Yeah, that, that, They've done nothing. How about Clemson at four? Who Clemson at was four was struggling against Syracuse. We made them bring in their backup quarterback here. I mean, that was, it was, it was pretty. You know, I don't know how you can say with a straight face that if Clemson and uh, Michigan play each other, that uh, on a neutral field, Michigan doesn't win seven out of ten times. I would agree. But at the end of the day, they do have, you can't deny they have quality wins. You know, even though they didn't look convincing in them, they still did beat that NC State team. They're still going to beat a really good offense for UNC. They're they beat a really really good Syracuse team, which I actually you know I'm not sure how much you were listening, but I um really kind of bought in on the show um a, a couple weeks ago. I was fully in. Like if Clemson, if they were able to get past Clemson, which they so clo- came so close to doing Syracuse, they were going to that college football playoff because no one's going to have that resume. Um. That that's a good that's a good squad. Ultimately, I don't. I think the fact that they won those games is enough to keep them up there for me, even if it wasn't convincing. But it then becomes a difference of comparing great wins. Let's compare great wins. Ohio State and Michigan have both had nothing on their schedule. You can't tell me that Ohio State's schedule is that much stronger, especially when we've seen how bad this Notre Dame team can be from time to, from week to week. Georgia has played a significantly tougher schedule than Ohio State, has won the and Georgia beat Oregon by like 40 something, and they're still somehow worse. I don't think regardless, it's gonna be a great Correct. day. But I'm not I don't care about the Georgia thing as much as I'm caring about Ohio State being over Michigan. They have this they have one both have about one good quality win, and have both looked good. In that quality win, who is way more convincing? If you say Michigan, if you don't say Michigan, I'm going to scream. No, yeah, it is Michigan. It, it, sh- it should Michigan. be Georgia, Tennessee, Michigan, Clemson, Ohio State, TCU. But this is the end of college football daily, I assume. TCU could go undefeated in a Power 5 conference and not make the playoff. That is just how broken the college No, not necessarily. How? How do you see it? If they go undefeated and – okay, so there's already – three teams that are locked in and it is Georgia is locked in unless they lose to Tennessee and then lose in the SEC championship or no they wouldn't even be in the SEC championship game 
So if Alabama wins in the SEC championship game, they're in. If the winner of a Michigan and Ohio State is in, and Clemson is in, because Clemson is not going to lose. TCU legitimately, if if, if these, because they're going to put three SEC teams in, it's going to happen. After I Georgia wins, so. I, and I, Alabama I, wins in the SEC championship game, they're going to throw three SEC. They're going to or after you know what I mean. There's they will do everything in their power to get three SEC teams in the playoffs. And, and I, I do think that's while well, I do think that undefeated. is a and it's, it just sucks. It's okay. No, well, I do think that is a realist. Like, there's a world where that's a conversation. I don't think it can happen because we still do live in a world where they way overhype ch- conference championship games. Fair. So ultimately, I think that's going to be the trouble. But really, there's one specific scenario where there's where they're completely shut out of competition. That is if Georgia wins today and then gets beat by Bama, which they're not going to get beat by Bama, mind you, because I don't think this Bama team is that good. I love I love Bryce Young. I'm a big Bryce Young guy, but you keep watching them play moderate talent close or close through most of the game. They just have they have yet to have convincing wins. That's how they that's how you fall to a team like Tennessee. And you know, they're a good squad, but they're not a great squad. So I just don't I don't see them being able to beat whoever comes out of the East. Well, MLB Daily time. MLB Daily time. Uh, there was a World Series game five last night. Right. <laughs> um which ends up going to the Astros, Justin Verlander versus Noah Syndergaard. Um, you know, both teams trade runs in the first inning. It was a Jeremy Pena single and then a Kyle Schwarber uh, home run tied 1-1. Then you heard on last night's show our live reaction to the Jeremy Pena home run in the top of the fourth inning. Um Two to one after that point. Top eight, the teams trade one, runs once again. Jordan Alvarez had a little ground out, uh, fielder's choice RBI. And then Gene Segura uh, singles to make it 3 2. Ryan Presley comes in, continues his playoff dominance, um, gets his gets a five out save. And the Astros win, take a three to two lead. They win three to two in the game. Um, yeah, Houston now needs to win one of the next two games at home with uh, Framber Valdez tomorrow. And game seven, they've not announced starters. But, I mean, LJ, what a turnaround for Houston after games two and – or after games uh, – really, after the collapsing game one – and then the beatdown that they took in game three to come back in game four and game five and, and look this good. I mean, their their pitching has just been unreal. Yeah, this has been, you know, and that's kind of why I like it is this series has really been, you know, streaky where one team just really steps up, shows up in each game. And, you know, you, you can kind of feel confident about who's going to win after like an inning or two. And after that, it just kind of becomes beautiful baseball to watch, beautiful baseball to see. And so that's been really cool. But for me, throwing a no-hitter in the World Series, that's just 
that's a different level of momentum. That's a different level of energy and morale boost that you weren't going to get from a 7-0 win. You're not going to get from a comeback win to win 6-5 in extra innings. You know, that is a different level. And so that's something the Phillies had to, you know, really fight back on. And honestly, I think they did a decent job of responding. You know, as much as yeah. as much as we give Justin Verlander a lot of crap for not, you know, showing up in the World Series, that was a really good start. They took it to him, though. This is still a great pitcher. And he did just barely, slightly outperformed them in a game where it was very much a pitching staff duel. I'm not going to call it a pitcher's duel because neither of the guys went went long, but it was a pitching staff duel to get to this point. Like, I forgot where I was going with that, but, oh, yeah, the Phillies responded really well. Now their back's against the wall. I definitely see this team has too much left in the tank for this to just go south immediately. Um, not only do I still trust Zach Wheeler after that game, game two, but I just look at, I look at the energy around this team. Uh, who was it that said it um, in our fantasy football group chat? Something about like, um, this team's almost too stupid to know when they're licked. Like that's, that's the kind of energy that they play with is, you know, this self-confidence, this being so self-sure it's, um, that's the type of thing that's going to get them back into the series. Yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting now because I thought, you know, if a Philly took one out of the first two games in Houston, they really had a chance here. Unfortunately, now they did do that, but only winning one of those three games at home just absolutely kills because as much as I like what the pitching matchup is tomorrow night, and it's going to be just a fantastic game overall. I mean, the Astros could clinch at home, would be the first team to clinch a World Series at home. Uh, LJ, actually, trivia time, last team to clinch to win the World Series at home. Um. Oh. It would have to be. I can get this. Is it Kansas City? It is not. Am I too far or too? You're very close. I'll say that. Because I feel like we would have heard it wasn't Chicago. It was not. That was in Cleveland. So I'm going the wrong way. Yes. So go down. Or just go for it. It's this is getting to 2013 Red Sox. Really? Yep. Forgot that was even at home. Kansas City clinched um in New York, actually, in game five. That's right. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Very interesting. Um technically the Dodgers, I think, were the home team when they won. Yeah, that doesn't count though. Yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, all right, LJ. So now I'm going to give you another hypothetical here. Um, Phillies win tomorrow. What is the pitching matchup for Game Seven? Um, I think you got to try to get cute with it. 
if you're Philly. I'm riding with Ranger Suarez. No, no, Nola. No, I don't know, man. Look, Nola has looked fine. Maybe it's just I'm not a big Aaron Nola fan. But I look at the performance that Ranger Suarez put in, and I definitely I see a lot to love there. You add in the fact you get this day off and two more games. Um, obviously, it's a game seven. Everyone on both teams should be available. I would rather see them give Ranger Suarez the ball on more rest, let him go twice through, or if he looks the second he shows a moment of weakness, you pull him. Again, short leashes on everyone that night. And then you run everybody because you can, you can still run Nola out there that night. You could probably, I guarantee you, if you asked him, especially knowing the player or knowing the player's reputation, if you asked Zach Wheeler to give you an inning Sunday night, he would give it to you. It's game seven of the World Series. Like, yeah. it's, <laughs> yeah. You have him there. Syndergaard barely pitched. He could probably be good for some time. And you add in that the back end of that bullpen's been really solid going into the, the rest of the year. I would rely on it. I, I don't need to really give you as much as like, yes, Ranger Suarez is the guy who should get the ball to start the game. I don't need to give you any definitive plan, though, because it's it's everybody. The answer is yes. Who's pitching? Who's pitching Sunday? Yes. Um, that that's the yeah. way that they should be going about this game. The more guys that you can get in putting up potentially like their most brilliant performance of their career, the better. And then for, for Houston, who would you start? Oh, you're going Christian Javier here. I mean, look, you're riding high after that uh no hitter in game five. That should be enough rest, correct? Yes. Especially yeah. after um especially for the playoffs like yeah yeah i mean again with with the colors getting hit around bad around in that game i'm not sure you're you're gonna have to be hesitant to go there against the phillies especially when you know it's one of those situations where if you're having the slightest iota of concern that he might be tipping his pitches and that this might have been the team that finally caught on to it and that's why they caught him. Like, if this is something that isn't just a bad performance by Lance McCullers, if you haven't even a, a theory that it might be, you can't put him out there because that's your doom. I go with Christian Javier off the top for this one. And again, ri- ride the bullpen because they've, they're the ones who've gotten you here. They're the ones who got you to that no-hitter in a lot of regards. So, yeah, I would say Suarez versus Javier is the matchup here. You know, and at some point during the offseason, we're going to do our starting pitcher rankings, and this could just be a recency bias. But I feel like I'm almost inclined to put Christian Javier in the top 10 at this point. He is that good of a pitcher. That That's very fair, especially with, again, postseason success, I think, does matter more. It matters a lot. It's the most important games of your of your season. And that's not to say you don't have value if you don't perform in the postseason because you need somebody to get you to the postseason. But like if you if you're a good regular season pitcher and a great postseason pitcher, that puts you a lot higher than it would if you were even down the line. 
I mean, Javier shut down the Yankees in game three, game, game three of the CS. Um, see if I can pull up more of his postseason game log. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, LJ, he's thrown 32 career postseason innings for a 2.2 ERA. Faced 128 batters. You're talking almost 50 strikeouts. Uh, I mean, he is just such a good pitcher. In terms of win probability added, which is something I like to look at, in his, I don't know how many appearances this that he's had here, um, ten in his ten postseason appearances, there's more than that. I'd, I'd say twelve. He's had four games where he's had a negative win probability added, so he's going out there, and at the worst, maybe giving you a slight negative. In the worst that he's had was that game four of the World Series in 2021, where he only got one out and struggled. He gave up the two home runs. Other than that, he has been nothing but excellent throughout that whole 2020 playoffs, the whole 2021 playoffs, uh, except for that one game, like I said. And what he's done this year, I mean, a part of two no-hitters, the main part of two no-hitters, and he's 25. He's 25. This this dude is something special. And the only complaint I, was... I can make and criticism is this isn't exactly your I'm not sure he could I could see him operating as a number one. And not because of his talent, but because or not because of his performances, but because the mere fact that we rarely see him actually go deep. Like, yes, he'll go, you know, he'll go as deep as you can. They'll they'll go he'll go deep, but not deep deep. He's not going seven, eight innings. This isn't like Zach Wheeler workload type stuff you're getting out of him here. 30 starts, he only goes 148 innings this year. 149 basically. Um that's not the guy who leads your rotation. And is there a reason he's only going that far? Is is it just a matter of his inefficiency with the ball in terms of pitch count? Or is this a matter of them not wanting to take him too deep into these games and get figured out? Either one. One of those one of those situations makes me question whether he's a top ten pitcher. The other one makes me feel very clear that he cannot lead a rotation. Well, LJ, do we want to touch on one last topic before um, we want to touch on two last topics can i bring mine up first to get your quick reactions sure go for it Brandon, according to the man himself brian cashman's contract expired october 31st he has oh, said, scary scary he That's says so that hal, hal steinbrenner expressed interest in keeping him no way are you serious come on he's still no here way. making these interviews what's going on Nothing. No, but like they are figuring out how many years until Cashman wants to retire. That's 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 what they're figuring out. If Brian Cashman is somehow not the Yankees GM next year, we're throwing I'm throwing a party when when I get back home. And everyone's about we're throwing a party. Um with, yeah, with, I, mean, I agree that he's staying, but like it's Brian Cash at the same time, it's Brian Cashman. If if Hal Steinbrenner feels he's done a good job and he's been a great job, he's been 
you know, keeping the Yankees afloat all these years, if that's the way he views him, which it clearly seems it is, why has this not been all this these details established like last spring? Like, why wasn't he given this extension over last winter or maybe even two years ago if he still felt so good about how Brian Cashman had been going? It just seems so weird that for a guy who's been here for so long, things would get to the point where he clearly wants to stay but doesn't have a contract. Like, how, how do you let that get to that point as a management? That just seems, that seems kind of you're very off-putting. You're asking me, how do you get to a point of that incompetence as a baseball club? And I answer, we are the New York Yankees. That's, honestly, that's very fair. LJ, when have we ever done something that like makes sense on the surface level? Not when you have to dive deep and read between the lines and do everything, but just something that like it's like, oh, like I don't have to do so much deep diving into this to fully understand what they want to do. The Mike Stanton trade, the Mike Stanton trade, and that one was once you dive into it, it makes less sense though. Yeah, no, exactly. But like on the service, it's like, oh, we just traded for the MVP. Nice. And we we picked up his contract. Nice. Like um yeah, you're right. But I I just I don't know. Maybe this is me having too much hope. But maybe I just figured, you know, well, their one thing, the one thing that they do consistently is loyalty, especially with their front office. I mean, you saw how long those people had been there. I figured that was the one thing they couldn't screw up. Like that's their, that's their one thing. One thing yeah. you know, no matter what's going to happen, is they're going to be loyal to their guys. And here we have Brian Cashman, who again, mind you, didn't have to be at this press conference. Clearly, he has been unemployed for the last four days. He did not, or should not have had to show up to this press conference if he does not have a contract. If he's, he is not currently employed by the new york yankees and yet he still chose to anyway because he wants to be there and i assume he he would retire if he doesn't he he knows he's gonna get another contract he does know that's why he's there but why would you let this get to it i don't know it's so weird if i was him though like you put me in that case there's no way i go to that press conference no whether you like what he's done or not you can't deny that he has made this team would not have been as consistently successful with another general manager or set of general managers throughout the years. Like, even though you're not winning the big thing, there would have been some down years for the New York Yankees had it not been for him. Yes, but do we care about having a winning record and failing in the playoffs every year or being like the Red Sox and not being afraid to actually rebuild and fix what's wrong with the team and win four championships since 2004? Well, clearly you care about the former more if you're the organization, but either way you have to give, he's a good, darn good general manager in his own right. Even if I love the organization, it's the only place I want to be. I want to be respected by the organization. So if I'm, if I'm um, Brian Cashman, I'm not fielding calls from any other teams. I'm still actively negotiating with the Yankees, but I am not taking part of any of this until a contract is in my hands like that just seems like he's kind of just taking the disrespect there which i don't think that type of disrespect is earned well the other story i wanted to talk about will be quick and then we'll get out of here 
Um, two Cardinals things. One, Adam Wainwright resigns a one-year deal. Um, $17.5 million. Exact same as 2022. However, $10 million of that will be deferred. He'll get one mil per year from 2024 to 2033. Um, and then Albert Pujols announced his retirement. Not a lot of shock there. Well, didn't um, he already announce it before the season? Yeah, but like we were talking about how like oh like he announced it, but like we're not you know it's Pujols we don't know, but yeah, Pujols retires. Um, Amazing, fantastic! I don't I don't know how you could want to come back after the season. Yeah, what no. More could, what more could you have done? You got to seven hundred home runs, like that's what everyone wanted you to do. You finished in you finished with the team you started with. Um, it's more than that, though, because, you know, you finish with 700 home runs, but it also it's about you and the team. I think that both goes into legacy a lot, but it's how you get remembered. He is going to get remembered so much better for this than he would have those last couple of years in L.A. or the year playing a platoon role for the Dodgers where it didn't, you know, he didn't really settle in. He got very much settled in and mental, mentally locked in with this being his last year and put up above average numbers for his career. This was his, from an offensive standpoint, best season in over a decade. Over a decade, Brandon, offensively, this was his best year. Add that to the fact that he got himself squarely back over 100 war, which was, again, is a very big milestone and one that because of his struggles in Los Angeles he had hurt himself and took himself back down below 100 war. I think we talked about it last year. We never saw him getting back above it. And we have been very much wrong by this renaissance. I don't think this season is repeatable for him, although I would have loved to see him repeat it. I don't think it is. It's not something you should play around with because this is how I want to go out remembering him. Absolutely. And to... An amazing career. I mean, there's going to be some uh, bozo that doesn't put him on his Hall of Fame ballot and he won't get 100%, but we all know he should. Um, Yeah, that's all I have to say. Yeah. All right. LJ, I'm going to assume we will take – oh, well, no, tomorrow there's a game. So we will record tomorrow, record Sunday, and then we'll be on a little break. For how long? Probably until they announce the MVP award. Um, no, we'll talk about it. All right. We'll talk about it. All right. Thanks for listening. Check us out Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. We'll see you. Seminiano. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.